Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of The Lee Show. As always, I'm your host, Lee Bressler. I am bored of talking about COVID, but I keep getting requests to do a full COVID episode. So here goes. And if you are sick of hearing about COVID, feel free to tune out now. But if you want my thoughts, my insights, whatever, this is the time. So first, let's talk about the origin of COVID. I don't think this is getting enough attention. You know, I don't know if it came from a lab or if it was some natural thing that some idiot ate a bat or an aardvark or something and then got a disease. First of all, stop eating bats. Just that that's gross. Don't do that thing. That should be obvious. But I got to say, it seems like it came from a lab. So in Wuhan, in China, you have this giant lab called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And in that lab, they were doing these experiments to make coronaviruses. And I think that some asshole in this lab wasn't wearing a mask or wasn't wearing gloves and he fucked up and the virus he was working on got out and he breathed it in. I don't think this was a weapon. If you wanted to make a bioweapon, you wouldn't use a coronavirus to do it. So then this idiot was too embarrassed to tell people about his mistake. So he goes about his life and he coughs on people and he gets other people sick and it spreads from there. Do I know that this is what happened? No, of course not. But it seems pretty logical. And as we know, oftentimes the simplest explanation is usually the right explanation. Now, this lab, this Wuhan Institute of Virology, was funded by both the Americans and the Chinese. This wasn't an exclusively Chinese operation where they were doing research. And the guy in charge of getting the funding from the US was a scientist named Peter Daszak. And Peter Daszak is the president of an NGO called the EcoHealth Alliance. And through that NGO, Peter Daszak has gotten $100 million in federal grant money to fund overseas lab experiments on coronaviruses. So this guy, Peter, funnels like $100 million of government money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to do research. And then in Wuhan, they fuck up and they let the virus out. So Peter Daszak is panicked. He knows that everyone's going to blame him for funding this lab where they're incompetent and sloppy and the virus leaked out, a virus that's causing trillions of dollars in global harm. So Peter is like, oh no, what do I do? It's, it's 2020, it's March of 2020, and it's clear that the virus is going to be a problem. It's already infected and killed lots of people in Wuhan and in broader China. No one knows how to treat people when you get it. It's scary. The first cases are appearing in New York and in Milan, and the country is going into lockdown. Schools are going online, and offices are sending people home to work remotely. Peter Daszak knows that if we investigate, we will find out that he was funneling money to this lab in Wuhan. He knew the work that they were doing, and he either wasn't keeping tabs on them to make sure that they had proper safety procedures, or he knew when the leak happened and didn't sound the alarm. Either way, this is a dude who did some bad stuff and tried to cover it up. But he takes a brilliant approach. He sees that President Trump is busy trying to brand this as the China virus. So Peter takes the other side of that. 
he camps out with the ultra progressives and he starts arguing that anyone who says that this virus came from China or from a lab is a racist and anti-Chinese and a bad person. I never understood why people fell for that argument. Like either it came from a lab or it didn't. We should investigate it as thoroughly as possible. It has nothing to do with racism. Either someone screwed up or they didn't. But let's get to the bottom of it. That's a fact. So Peter, good old Peter, rallies together 26 other authors, all leading scientists. And he gets them all fired up about how they're going to prove their their credentials for anti-racism by co-authoring a letter that's going to be published in The Lancet. The Lancet is one of the most prestigious science publications there is. And the first sentence of the letter, I'm going to read it to you. The rapid, open, and transparent sharing of data on this outbreak is now being threatened by rumors and misinformation around its origins. We stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. So immediately, they are branding anyone who says that this came from a lab a conspiracy theorist. They're telling you that that person is trafficking in misinformation. They're not telling you where this came from. They're just saying it couldn't have come from a lab. How do they know? I don't know. But they're trying to make it seem like you are a nut if you argue that. But why is that a credible accusation? Again, either it came from a lab or it didn't. And the only conspiracy that I see is to try to cover up what happened. So 27 people signed this letter and that becomes the scientific baseline. That becomes the cultural baseline. It's just assumed that all these guys must know what they're talking about. They have PhDs, but then it gets worse. And to understand this, Let's discuss the World Health Organization, the WHO. The WHO seems like it should be a benevolent organization. After all, what's more important than world health? But it turns out that the WHO is just this bureaucratic nothing. They get a lot of money from America and China, and they host a couple of conferences every year where where all these PhD knuckleheads get together for a boondoggle. I have not been able to identify anything meaningful that the WHO has accomplished ever. So the head of the WHO is this guy called Tedros Ghebreyesus. Tedros Ghebreyesus, did I say that right? I don't know. And this guy is a big time shill for China. And China tells him, don't look too hard at the virus. Don't investigate this too much. If you do, you're a racist. You're a conspiracy theorist. And by the way, if you do, we're going to stop funding you. So he backs off and he's like, cool, okay, they said it came from some asshole who ate a bat or maybe it came from America or the moon or I don't know, I guess we'll never know, woo. But the WHO gets a lot of flack for this. President Trump says he's going to stop funding the WHO because he knows how corrupt they are. So they're like, all right, I guess we got to investigate China. I guess we got to go go check this out. So in February of this year, February of 2021, they send a team to Wuhan to investigate. This is after months of negotiations with the Chinese over what they will have access to and who is allowed to come to do the inspection and investigation. And take a guess who the WHO picks to be the leader of this investigation. Our boy, Peter Daszak. So Peter and his crew go to China in February 
and they're giving given access to nothing and no one. They don't get to visit the Wuhan Virology Lab. They don't get to interview the scientists who are working there. They don't get to inspect the computer systems for the lab. Nothing. But good old trustworthy and, of course, non-manipulative Peter comes home and is like, they opened the kimono. The Chinese were amazing. Nothing to see here. Definitely didn't come from the lab. Here, here's his exact quote. This is from the Associated Press. A member of the World Health Organization expert team investigating the origins of the coronavirus in Wuhan said that the Chinese side granted full access to all sites and personnel they requested, a level of openness that even he hadn't expected. Peter Daszak told the Associated Press on Friday that team members had submitted a deeply considered list of places and people to include in their investigation and that no objections were raised. Quote, we were asked where we wanted to go. We gave our hosts a list, and you can see from where we've been, we've been to all the key places. But that was all a lie. They didn't do any investigating. These fuckers spent a week in their hotel room watching pay-per-view movies and charging them to the WHO. And then, in June of this year, a bunch of those scientists who signed the letter with Peter realized that maybe... They hopped on the wrong train, and maybe it was time to jump off. So they go to the Lancet, and they start trying to dissociate themselves from Peter. The Lancet goes to every one of the 27 scientists, and is like, it turns out maybe you guys had some conflicts of interest. Anything else you want to disclose here? And Peter, by this point, we know he's a crook. He's like... He's like, I, I guess I got something more to say. All the other scientists are like, <coughs> Peter, <coughs> Peter, right? They're all doing that, that thing where they're trying to, to snitch on him. Nobody wants anything to do with Peter. So Peter now publishes an update where he's like, yeah, actually, I get a whole bunch of money from the EcoHealth Alliance and the EcoHealth Alliance funds all of this research. And there it is. Peter is a lying and corrupt motherfucker. This dude was funneling money to Wuhan. He knew that he was going to look terrible, and he tried to cover it up. That's the conspiracy theory here. I just, I never understood why this became a political thing. Why did the Democrats camp out in the, it must be natural, and Republicans were like, nah, it definitely came from a lab. It just doesn't make sense. Just ask the questions. And if the Chinese won't give you access then you got to wonder why. It's coming out that the Chinese blocked everything and refused to allow anyone to go take a look. They're scared about what it's going to turn up. It's going to demonstrate incompetence that cost the world trillions of dollars. It undermines the entire message from the Chinese Communist Party. Right, Their message is, yeah, it's okay, we, you're not going to have a lot of freedom, but we're so competent, you're going to get rich, everyone's going to be comfortable. This is the opposite of transparency. This is the opposite of competence. It's time for a quick word from our sponsor. I love podcasts. You love podcasts. Osama bin Laden loved podcasts, I think. He was a big true crime buff. And I published The Lee Show using Anchor. I think it's a great service. I tested out a number of options. This was clearly the best. They have great sound quality. It's the same company. Anchor is made by the same company that created the weapons that cause Havana syndrome. How cool is that? 
and it's owned by Spotify as part of their quest to destroy Neil Young. Anchor provides the tools that let you record and edit from your phone, from your computer. I record my audio, I upload it, and distribute it to all the major podcasting platforms. It's very easy. They'll get you on Spotify, they'll get you on Apple Podcasts, all the leading players, and you can make big bucks. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's talk about a few other things with COVID besides good old Peter. First, there's a lot in the press about this ivermectin stuff. I have no idea if ivermectin works. Either it does or it doesn't. I don't care if it works. I have no nothing vested in this. I want more things that treat COVID, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So be it. And I don't get why this turned into a political thing. Why did this turn into a Republican versus Democrat thing? That is very stupid. Do a test. Does it work? Does it not work? There's an answer here. It can be quantified. It works 50% or 80% or 100%. Supposedly, some doctor in Argentina did a test and said it worked. But then this doctor went like full Peter Daszak mode and covered his tracks and the whole thing is sketchy as hell. But stop politicizing things. It doesn't make sense. Only an idiot falls into that trap. We even have our grotesquely incompetent FDA. And I've talked a lot about the FDA. And they're tweeting about this, about how it's horse paced. What the fuck do they know? They've shown us time and again that they are not competent and not to be trusted. COVID is a, is a bad illness that people don't want to get. And so we have a bunch of things that people are trying. First, they made these vaccines. There are like 10 of them. They're all different. They're all called vaccines, but they're just 10 different treatments. They work differently. Some are better than others. I got one. I got the Moderna one. Clearly, that's the best one. But I don't want the trash AstraZeneca one or the Johnson & Johnson one. That's doo-doo. Don't put that in me. These are all different things. They're all called vaccines, but they're different things. So if we have like 10 different ones that are considered acceptable around the world, why is some guy saying like, hey, I, I might have an idea about an 11th one? Why is that considered nutty? Because to me, that feels exactly how it felt in March of 2020 when anyone who said this came from a lab was dismissed as a crank. These are binary questions. The answer is either yes or no. Try different things. See which ones work. Keep using those. Stop using the ones that don't work. Why the fuck is this complicated? And what about the vaccines themselves? Why are these so controversial? Putting aside the question of whether you should be required to get one, why is the product itself so controversial? Like on, on the creation of them, nothing is faster or better than mRNA. Moderna sequenced the, G, the, the, the genome of the virus, and they had a vaccine formulated within 48 hours. Now, my personal forecast, mRNA is the future of medicine. It's absolutely incredible. And in the future, we're going to get more comfortable with this, and the testing period before you can get an mRNA shot is going to decrease. It's going to be a lot shorter. But I get it. It's pretty new. It's kind of experimental. 
But in the future, mRNA is going to replace most existing medications. It's going to be used to cure cancer. It's going to be wild. So fine, they make the vaccine, but they got to run tests. So they just give people this monster dose of the stuff. And they say, okay, we got to speed up the test. So we're going to give you another monster dose in like three or four weeks. Why is that the right dose? Shouldn't it be a different dose depending on your size or your age? Why is the second dose at three to four weeks? It turns out they were just trying to get these approved. So they picked big doses and a short interval between them. But arguably, there were many better approaches. Again, our public health infrastructure is failing. It has failed us. They failed us because they are incompetent. And now we're talking about boosters. What the fuck is a booster? A booster seat? A booster sounds like drugs. It's a weird term, booster. Bo and then boosters, the guys who go to, to, to college sports teams and high school sports teams and they're like a little too involved. Why are we talking about boosters? Shouldn't we have been investigating whether the first two shots should be like six months apart? Wasn't the second shot a booster? Shouldn't we be investigating smaller doses for kids? Shouldn't the booster be targeted towards whatever new version of COVID is prevalent now? We have a new flu shot every year. By the way, those are dumb as hell. They make me feel so sick every year. I'm not getting that one again until there's an mRNA flu shot. Then I'll try it. But what about the people who already had COVID? We have tons of new research that shows that people who already had the virus are immune. They don't need to get the shot. We don't need this blanket one-size-fits-all approach. This is just no longer an emergency. We have enough data that we can have a little subtlety about this. We're no longer just fumbling around in the dark. It's time to start being rational. It's time to start thinking clearly. So with these vaccines, I, I got the shot. It was fun. I Instagrammed it. I Instagram a lot of medical things. I Instagram when I go to the dentist. It's fun. I went to one of those FEMA trailers in Brooklyn. I had to wait for a while in a line, but whatever. They had one this little like Quasimodo dude who was just running around bringing the shots to the trailers one at a time because I, I guess they had to keep them in the fridge or something. And now so many people have gotten it. That's cool. We figured out how to beat this thing. That's great. Who says that America is stagnating? Now, what we should have done was to become the absolute world leader on this. We should have built so many fucking vaccine factories last year and started producing these mRNA vaccines in like February. And surely by the time all the factories were built, we would be ahead of everyone else. And we could go on a world tour sharing these vaccines for free with everyone in the world. It would have been incredible. It would have been the greatest foreign policy move you could imagine. You want to talk about countering China? How much could it have cost to build some factories? Surely a lot less than whatever we're going to spend. It would have been the greatest demonstration of soft power. People would be like, America, it's the best. They have science. They're smart. They're generous. But alas, we didn't do that. Anyway, by now, tons of people have gotten the shot. And the shots are working. We see it. We see it in the data. Fewer people are getting the virus. They're not going to the hospitals. They're not dying. The people who get the shot are living. That's great. They, these shots are safe. People aren't getting really sick from them. That's cool. 
It doesn't mean that everyone needs it, but for most people it probably makes sense. It seems like we should do a little more science on the dosing and on the timing. This current regime seems like overkill, but whatever, it works. Who cares? Yet somehow these have turned into another weird political thing. This has turned into everyone has some some crazy aunt on Facebook talking about how the shot lets Bill Gates put a microchip in their arm or some other weird stuff. I don't think that's the case. But I get it. When you see one conspiracy after another, like the way good old Peter has tried to cover up the origins of COVID, why would you trust the next government windbag who tells you that something is safe or trustworthy? Why would you trust the system at all? Now, side note, a little tangent here. It was the same thing with all of these pedophiles a few years ago. We saw this Jeffrey Epstein guy who was flying all these powerful and rich people to his island so they could fuck kids. And then some guy on the internet started a meme about Hillary Clinton and lots of other politicians or pedophiles. Now, if you're not close to this, how the hell would you know which one of these is true? And even if you are close to it, how do you know what's true? It seems to me like a lot of powerful and rich white people like to fuck kids. So how does the ordinary person who has zero trust in this system, who has no insider status, how does he know which reports are credible and which are not? And it's the same with these vaccines. It's the same with COVID. When you see Peter trying to cover up the origins of the virus, why would you trust the next Peter who tells you, oh, you just need this shot? Anyways, this vaccine, I got it, but I don't care if you get it. If the vaccine is free and it's available to everyone, then it does not matter to me if you get the shot. That's your choice. Maybe you had COVID. Maybe you don't like needles. Maybe you read on the internet that it's going to make your dick shrink. I don't know, but I don't care. It doesn't affect me. It only affects you and your family. That is your problem. Don't tell me about it. Don't talk about it. Could you imagine two years ago if if someone asked you in a conversation which vaccines you've had? How fucking bizarre and intrusive that would be? COVID has gone from being a pandemic, that's an emergency, to being endemic. That means it's something we're going to live with forever, like the flu or colds or other viruses. And that's okay. But once it's endemic, emergency measures are no longer necessary because then it turns into how can the politicians just win donations by funneling money to some random interest group? Like the testing industry, that's for sure going to be the next big new one. Everyone has to get a nose test or a rectal test or whatever kind of test every day or every week, whatever. It's highly lucrative. The vaccine industry is lucrative, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them making money. They made a product that works and saves lives. They can get paid for it. That's okay. But if we see it veering into the vaccine companies lobbying government officials to make this mandatory for everyone just so they can sell more of these and they can sell more boosters and they can get paid, that's when I stop being okay with it. That's when I stop trusting it. Is the mask industry lucrative? Why do we even need those anymore? I got my shot. You can get your shot. They're free. They're available. So if you want it, get it. And if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I don't care, but stop trying to enforce dumb rules. 
Stop telling people with the vaccine that they need to wear masks. If you want to wear one, do it. But don't tell me what to do anymore. COVID has been mishandled from the start in China, in the U.S., around the world. What a pathetic job our elected leaders and bureaucratic administrative leaders, what a pathetic job they have done. These bums are awful. They're awful at the local level, at the national level, the teachers unions that won't let kids go back to school, the mayors, the governors that are forcing small businesses to close while they let their larger competitors just rake in the cash, the congressmen, the senators, the president at the national level who keep on making grabs for more power and and allocating more cash to whoever donated to them last. And you, stop it. When someone dies, when they get sick, stop with the, what vaccine did they have? How did they get it? Did they wear a mask? Who cares? Stop being so morbid. Enough with the anecdotes. That's not what we use. We are rational people. We use data. The anecdotes about like some guy who's in the hospital that he he swore he would never take the vaccine and now he's in the hospital and he's dying. They love those. The anecdotes of like, well, I heard about my friend's kid who got sick, so therefore everybody could get sick. Stop. Enough with the anecdotes. We use data. Anecdotes are for relativists. Can we just stop talking about COVID now? Can this please be the last episode I need to do about the subject? Can we move on to something more interesting? Thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram at The Lee Show Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, on Substack, read my essays. Pay me money. Sign up as a subscriber to the show. Please do that. Recommend this to your friends and colleagues, and I will be back with more soon.